views expressed on this podcast, as well as all episodes of the Grape Thread podcast, are solely host opinions. Our content should not be taken as indisputable and is for entertainment purposes. Heads, welcome to the Grateful Thread podcast, where we're creating a community for cool quilting newbies and experienced quilters to unite. So pull up a seat because you can always sit with us. We're your hosts. I'm Lacia Messy Quilt. And I'm Ashlyn of Urban Dwell Studio. Apparently we're not doing the nifty cool thing about ourselves. Oh. I'm a wannabe gardener. And, Ooh. <laughs> and I am still in therapy. <laughs> job yay i'm so proud of you <laughs> it's you're out there and you're going to therapy we're proud of you we're all proud of you taking care of business yep um ash before we get started i wanted to take a quick moment and read a review that we got uh from an instagram friend his name's joshua and his joshua. instagram is lifting and stitching yep. which is the best guys if you don't want to be amazed by <laughs> muscles and quilting at the same time uh, don't go check out this cat daddy, Joshua. <laughs> cat daddy. He's going to be my new best friend. Uh, he says, such a cool, quilty space. These two make me laugh. I've listened to all episodes of the show for the last couple months, and I'm so grateful to have found this duo. They're, they're family and best friends, and in each episode, it feels like we're all on inside jokes. This is a space for all of us. Thank you for the fun, interesting topics, interviews, and more. I really enjoyed the episode they had with Hello Cotton. It actually introduced me to Wrap the World with Quilts in Campaign. Since that episode, I donated a quilt I made last year in the colors of the Ukrainian flag. Thank you for bringing them on your show. Thank you for writing that <laughs> review, Joshua. You literally made us tear up. <laughs> and donating a quilt. Like, it's bigger. Quilting's bigger than all of us. Yeah. There's been a lot of you that have reached out and said, oh, I've donated a quilt since you guys did that episode, and that makes me just so happy. Mm -hmm. Sharing the love of quilting, which is what the whole point of this podcast was, you know. They're actually over there. I guess when this episode airs, they'll have just gotten back from Mm -hmm. their most recent trip to Ukraine, and it's it's a big one. They took a lot of quilts over Mm -hmm. and were dispersing those, and people were just really appreciative yeah so. they're doing good work yeah so uh we have a goal yeah our new goal we're, yeah we're close to a hundred five star ratings so if you could pop those five stars off and write a review and we can share it on one of our future episodes and we'll talk about you we'll check out your instagram if you tag yourself <laughs> and we'll talk about how cool you are and we'll be best friends <laughs> And then we'll make our second quilt to auction off. Yes, we're super close to needing to do that. Our second one. Yeah. Which will be really good. We just finished our first one, and that'll be available soon. So yep. look, be on the lookout for that. Beyond the ways to connect, which is you can connect with us online. You can share a selfie in your stories and let us know what you're up to while you listen. Yep. Uh, make sure you tag us at the Grateful Thread Podcast on Instagram. Um, we would love to see what you're up to. So. We, like, we live for when you guys tag us in stories and we get to reshare them. I know. A lot of sewing. I'm still waiting for the cleaning ones, like the me and you, Marcoing, <laughs> me cleaning the bathroom the other day. I think that needs to be, like, a solid, like, official post on our... Maybe we'll just make that our profile picture. Oh, I like Unless it. Like a pin. following and you cleaning a bathroom floor. Like, <laughs> well, and I put, like, the camera on the floor, and then I'm, like, scrubbing, and I looked, and I'm like, oh, man, this is, like, hands and knees behind the toilet. That's true love right but there. you look really awesome from that angle, so Mike's like a dude. <laughs> oh, 
so great. <laughs> All right, guys. We were keeping it PG. PG. Uh, so for day- today's episode, we're excited to host and introduce you to our next podcast guest. Um, yeah, so my goal is to not cry in interviews, and yet I still teared up. <laughs> like, it was it was incredible. Yeah, she got you at the end there. It, yeah, so inspirational, everything she does. Yeah. All right. Hey, Threadheads. Today we have a guest known for her beautiful work with denim in our quilting world and her amazing workshop teaching skills. We had the joy of hearing her lectures at QuiltCon in Atlanta and both couldn't wait for the opportunity to do this interview. Yay! Friends, please welcome our friend, Sandra. <laughs> Yay, Sandra. Oh, thank, you. thank you. You guys are amazing. Oh, thank you. It was really great seeing you at QuiltCon. Um, you, seeing you at QuiltCon put you on the map for me. So it was great to be able to jump into your work. And so um, to start us off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got okay. started with textiles and quilting? Absolutely. So in a nutshell, um, seventh grade home economics was the pivot. Um, I was before that just a kid Um, and went to seventh grade home economics. My home economics teacher was a traditional home economics teacher. I felt like she looked like she was like 60 years old, which she probably was not. Um, You know, she had that kind of severe haircut and I'm not putting her down. It's just that's what they all kind of in my day looked like. They had this kind of boyish cut. Um, she did have salt and pepper gray hair, but that could be 30. I mean, you know, the people saw gray early. Um, and she always wore these like very severe, very nunnish. And, and I went to Catholic school up to seventh grade. So, you know, the nunnish type of clothing. And um, what I realized is she, there was a lot of risk involved in, in home economics. You've got stoves, you've got fire, you've got needles, you have sewing machines, and then you've got these middle schoolers who are just... Was it an all-girl school or was it... Was no, 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 no. This was oh. actually a public school. It was the first time I went to okay. public school. Got it. You got people bouncing off the walls. You got people firing the machines. And now I look back and I'm like, no wonder she was yelling. Because we were out of control. And gray. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it's like, oh my gosh. I got all these squirrely people um, that I'm trying to maintain and, you know, and, and teach. And I was the kid, because this is my first experience in public school, I sat there like very quietly. I was just like, and I thought, oh my gosh, what am I doing? And so she saw me and I think she just saw like a, a you know, a kid that was lost and I was, had no skills. So I did, as soon as I touched fabric, I was in love. Kind of like that addiction issue. You know, I, I've never done drugs or thank God been addicted, but I can understand the whole, like, this, this is peace. It was my calm in the storm um, because I had relocated to Southern, to Orange County, from Orange County, California from uh, Los Angeles, where it was much more of a, um, um, a melting pot of an environment versus going to Orange County that was not that situation. And so I just started sewing and she just took a liking to me. Um, I knew nothing about sewing. And at the same time, my mother's best friend had gone to a fundraiser and she had won quilting classes at our local quilt shop, which literally was on my way to high school, like literally backed up to my high school. 
never knew that the shop was there. I went there and this lady, she was, you know what? She remind now that I think back on the shop, it was almost like a um like a uh it's a let's see, but um uh, Alexander Henry, a um who else? Tula Pink, um who else? Like all those type of yeah, super right. Yeah. Like think of those like vibrant, yeah. rich, bold. Even though this was in the seventies, you know, when there was green and brown, but her she had these vibrant, rich, and the, the fabric was all over. We had this little table that we used to take this class at, and of course, all the ladies were you know mature ladies, and here I was, you know, seventh grader, and but I loved it. So I learned how to sew and quilt exactly at the same time so for me they're very interchangeable and from there I just kept doing it I just did it you know I just sewed my on my own like I would get patterns and sew and um, just kept taking classes all the way through high school literally I was in my own cocoon I don't know if you guys can understand that where you're just in your own world and I was one of those people and I still am like where I just live in my world. Mm -hmm. So things go on around me and, you know, people will say like, oh, did you know about such and such? I'm like, no. yeah, no. <laughs> no, no, I'm in this cocoon slash unlocked. Yeah, I just, I'm not that. Yeah, so anyway, I love it. And from there, um, high school, I ended up being the, they have these outstanding awards, which I didn't even know they had. So, you know, like the 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 outstanding um, English student and math and and they had one for home economics. And I won it. They're <laughs> like, thank you. Yeah, I almost didn't even go to the ceremony because I was like, oh, only the nerds go to those type of things. You know, like, you're, you're being honored as ultimate nerd. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's always that kid that walks around. It's like, I'm the smartest. I mean, uh -huh. I was like, yeah. okay. Like, why would I go to that? But anyway, I went. Um, I got the award. I went to college, uh, Arizona State University, where I majored in home economics, which is now fiber arts, you know, degree and what it taught me was fiber like how to all the way from growing a plant or manufacturing fabric or fibers to putting it pushing it out into the the um world like fibers in your carpet you know what does that look like and all of that it taught me i do know fashion design um don't ask me to design nothing because it's probably <laughs> gonna be that um but you know i do know that and um then i went out into the world and i was a um a buyer for major department stores back in the day found out that was not the thing to do but at the same time I started teaching quilting right after college my home economics teacher slid into my dms but we didn't have DMs then <laughs> she literally I didn't know. yeah she called me no I think she even called me Ooh, something wow what is that <laughs> she's like you will teach and I was like okay because you know she was that person and she goes okay so you're going to go down to the city and you're going to talk to you know this man and he's going to set you up and you're going to teach. So I started teaching quilting classes the minute I graduated from undergrad. Wow, so cool. Quilting classes um, for since uh, 84, wow. 1984. Awesome. Part awesome. time, always. And then um, I started teaching on the junior college level um, about 25 years ago. Um, there's a program and I still teach a, a weekly, twice a week quilting class. And it's kind of like a quilt along. Um, it's online. Anybody who resides in the state of California can apply, can go and take the class through Saddleback College. And it's through their emeritus program, which is a fully funded, underwritten program. And you can take a hundred. I mean, there's tons of classes, exercise classes, wow, all these cool. Classes. 
And so that's how I, in denim, how I fell into denim. Um, I have four adult children. Um, at one point I was sitting in my, about 15 years ago, sitting in my studio and I was looking at these bins of denim. And I was like, I'm tired of giving them to Salvation Army. There must be something I can do. And at the same time, um, I had, God had spoken to me and said like, your resources, I give you resources and you don't look and see, you keep going out to the store, which my children today say they have trauma from fabric stores. <laughs> making a note. Yeah. yeah, They're like, oh my gosh, mom. I remember we used to be in the fabric store forever because we used to match everything that. perfectly. You know, it was like, oh wait, is that the blue? Wait, mm, that's a little <laughs> off. Let me get the other blue. No, that's a little off. We were always trying to, you know, we were trying to get as close to what the pattern had, which I'm so glad we don't do that now because now it's like, not screw the pattern, but like the pattern's the guideline mm -hmm. and you make it whatever you want it to be, you know, just use that as the guideline. So long story short, looked at the denim, was thinking about my research and I said, that's it. Sandra, you're going to start using what you have. You've got all this stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, you know, like you have, like, I literally, one quilt I made, it's the one where I embroidered on it and it has red embroidery all over it. Literally, that was all the red thread, all the red um, embroidery flosses I had. Not embroidery, I'm sorry. It was, uh, it was pearl cottons. Yeah. Mm -hmm. like, I had, like, literally, a, like, a basket full. Now, were they all the same color red? No, there's some of them were a little different, you know, some a little more orange, or, but they were all reds. And I was like, I'm going to use, when I... On that quilt, I said, I'm using these reds. I'm not going to buy any anymore. Right. So when one ran out, I just picked up another one that was closest to that color and size and started and kept on going. It's really cool. But when you showed that at QuiltCon, I was like, oh my gosh, that is genius. Mm -hmm. So many of us would just like run out to the store like, oh, we're out of this red. Mm -hmm. And then we would panic because they don't make that red anymore. <laughs> and then we'd have to like pick it all Redo up. The, uh -huh. and get Redo the quilt. And get five of yarn and thread to like finish the project. Uh -huh. Yeah, exactly. Really great. Uh, yeah. And I was like, no. Um, the other thing is I wanted to do it. Like I spoke to you guys prior at QuiltCon. I wanted to do denim differently. And my whole thing in life is like, if you're going to do it, don't do the same thing that somebody else has done. Like they've already killed it. You think, do something different. And I was like, you know what? Instead of seeing a repurpose, I want you to see the project and the artistry then go, oh, wait, that's repurposed denim. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I strive very hard to do that, to take the repurposed part and make it secondary, make the artistry and the workmanship primary. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So what were going backwards a bit, what were things, were you always creative or was sewing kind of like the first ignition? I think sewing was the first ignition. I mean, like I said, I went to Catholic schools. How creative can you be? <laughs> um, and, but, but yet I really, um, I embraced and I, I feel very fortunate that I did have that experience because it's also made me a very effective um, artist. For instance, I am able to prioritize. I'm able to stay on track, even though my brain will come up with 20 projects but I can only do so many projects. I can only, you know, when I'm when I think about fabric and I try to think about ahead of time, I make a, a plan for the next year and I think about what are the color schemes so that that whole year 
the color and the fabrics that I use all go together. This year, I and every year, I get fabric at the beginning of the year or at the end of the prior year, enough for every project throughout that year. So all the projects in that year have the same color. And now, when I say color schemes, I'm talking about, I think I have about 20 colors that in this color scheme, you know what I mean, that, I, that I'll use that year. But they're from one manufacturer. And I do mix in other little projects, but I mean, big things, it's that color scheme. Like or a, that word. Sometimes I use a word also. Oh, cool. Um, where do you where do you get your inspiration? Life. Life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I try to live um in the moment. I think most artists do. It's like what inspires you? Oh, wait, that happened. Or this, or I saw that. Um, so yeah, I try to stay present in what's happening in the world. Um, for me, again, I can only be me. So whatever like drives me or whatever. Um, is resonating. Um, I also like, I'll look the other day I was in an airplane and they had um, movies, you know, one of those three and a half hour flights. And you're just like, what am I going to do? Besides <laughs> hand stitch, because I always hand stitch. If you see me on the airplane, I am doing some project that would never get done if I wasn't on that flight. <laughs> yeah. You're stuck. <laughs> yeah, you're stuck in yeah. that seat yeah. for three and a half hours. <laughs> Um, and it's amazing how you can get those projects done. You're like, that wasn't that bad. Yeah. Six oh. months yeah. on, on turf and two hours in the air. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and you, don't have to, you don't have to tell your life story or hear somebody's life story. No, just put, the, put the headphones on. And, we were yep. talking about that yesterday. <laughs> yes. I walk on. It's not that I don't care. Yeah. It's not that I don't yeah. care. There's nothing playing in my ears. It's just, I'm just wearing them. <laughs> Oh, no, girls. Okay, so this is another thing. So I'm kind of hooked. You said, where's my inspiration? So I've always I've always wanted to be in book clubs, but I never, like, you can't sew and be in a book club, like, and read a book. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And so, but they have book on tape. And so I'm in two book clubs now, too, because you got to go for the gusto. Like, when you go, <laughs> I go hard. You know? So, because um, they're both different because, but um, on the airplane, I listened to for three and a half hours because most of the books are like 10 hour. Re well, you go there three and a half hours, you come back three and a half hours, six, seven hours. You're almost done with that book. Uh -huh. Right. And you listen to it at like one and a half speed and get it yeah. done. <laughs> and, so and for me, the, if I, some people say they can't listen to anything long term. It actually helps me with the development of the characters. If I just listen to one chapter, when I listen to the next chapter, I have to be like, now who was Mary? <laughs> How did she relate? And so while I was on the airplane, I'm listening to my tape and I was looking at the movies and I was like, Ooh, what if one year I do a movie things are my, is that my inspiration? And I was like, Ooh, so I started screenshotting and putting on my notes and, you know, in your phone, you put as notes and then also, or if a phrase comes up, I'll put it in the notes under, under inspiration. So that's kind of how I, when I told you I was organized, but chaos organized, yeah. that's how I do it I'm I'm really similar like I like a plan and an outline but until like the last moment comes up then I don't have any like juice or fuel or mm -hmm. ideas so I love that um what about when you're like your kids are grown now but when they were little what did you do crafts with them were you sewing with them did you make their clothes <laughs> do they have trauma from wearing homemade clothes <laughs> Well, okay, so it's so interesting. 
feel bad. Well, I asked them if they wanted to sew. My kids were like, yeah, no, you're good. Like my daughter would be like, um, you're really good. Just make the dress for us. Like that's, only, no, 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 it's fine. So we didn't really do sewing crafts. No, that's interesting. Um, no, they didn't. Um, but I did do, and I only did special occasion dresses. Like I didn't make them. I wasn't that mom that's like, I made this, look how cute. First of all, because I come from a fashion design background, I hope, and, and from what I've been told, I was their clothes didn't look like they were made. Um, I do remember them coming home with notes in their pockets. Parents would say, can you make my daughter a dress like this? And I'm like, are they crazy? Are they on crack? Like, no, I can't make your daughter a dress like I made my daughter. <laughs> Sorry, it's not on my year outline. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was, uh, you know, I'm like, and, and I think part of it is people don't understand the time it takes um, to make things. Um, so I didn't make all their dresses. I did make a lot of their Easter dress like, or Christmas. Uh, I know my daughter, when they, for her middle school, I think it was seventh grade, they take a week to, and they go to DC and they do all these monuments and stuff. And at the time I was a single mom, I had four kids and I was like, you know what? We don't have the money to go buy a whole week's worth of outfits. But I tell you, I'll make you a week's worth of outfits. And I said, let's go in the catalog. So we looked at what the fashions were. And this is what I tell everybody to do. Look and see what ready-to-wear fashions are. Don't go to your fabric store first and pick out fabric. Look and see what's out there and ready-to-wear. Take a picture of it because your brain lies. Your memory (laughs) is a liar. (laughs) Then go to the fabric store. Use that picture as your reference because what happens is um pattern repeats and pattern sizes you know flower or print or whatever it is you'll think oh it was about a one inch repeat when really it was a five inch and it was a bigger flower and so that's what we did um and yet and so i made her enough clothes for that week so she was like a fashionista (laughs) And I was like, okay, we did it. And it was. She's like, yeah, my mom's a fashion designer. Yeah. (laughs) She has her like high collar and like a train. (laughs) Walking down the Lincoln Memorial. (laughs) They were like, wait. And I was like, "Uh." but so that's the kind of sewing I did for my kids. It was more, and not all of them. Um, My boys, actually, you've seen the bomber jackets I made. Oh, yeah. Stunning. Yeah. So I really try to, I try to work at when I think about something and going into an area, it's like study. And I tell anybody before you do something, do your research. I mean, really research when you're, especially when you're talking about ready to wear research, 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 I researched and I was looking at colors. What, what color of yellow is the men's color of yellow? Cause there's a women's color of yellow and there's a men's color of yellow. You know, how far can you, right? Yeah. How far can you, I mean, pink, you can push, but everybody does pink now. So I didn't do pink because it's like, okay, you did pink. (laughs) Edgy. (laughs) Um, So I tried to, but yet I still wanted to keep in the, this is a quilt, you know? So it's like staying true to the quilting world and staying true to the fashion and pushing that. And then now, you know, uh, Ralph Lauren, everybody's doing quilting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got it on Target. Me. Target. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! You, if I had a penny for every time somebody te- sends me a picture, <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh, uh, could you make this? Yeah. <laughs> Not for cheaper than twenty eight ninety nine. 
Yeah. You buy the jacket. It's yeah. not getting more special than that for that. Price. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, oh, but I am coming out with some new stuff. So right now I've got my marketing campaign where um, I have a couple people that I'm working with and we're coming out with a new marketing program for me and a um, lot of root upcycling guys. A lot Yay, of exciting. You're so very crazy. Crazy. Like I'm like, let's push it. Let's push it. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited. You know, like current quilt patterns are really like upcycle friendly, like just the, just for like, like you said, like, is that denim? Yeah. Like the quilt pattern that you have, it's like the curved, what was that? Oh, yes. Yes. And yeah, my you look at it, it, you're like, wow, that's stunning. And then you like, look at it for another second. You're like, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's denim. And it's like sort of planned out, but the piecing is kind of just sporadic. And however it ends up is how it lays and you're, it's amazing. So. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you. So yeah, we're going to push the envelope on that pattern a little more. And we're going to do some uh, mixing of materials. So yes, you can stay in the denim world. Yes, you can stay in the quilting cotton world. But what about the vegan leather? What about linen? What about corduroy? Love what corduroy so much. Girl, <laughs> corduroy was the fabric in the... <laughs> in the day with like corduroy or velvet i'm oh, like yeah. oh my god just exactly so that's where we're going i'm like okay so we've stayed in this pocket or i've stayed in the pocket maybe other people hadn't but i stayed in this pocket but we're going to open up that pocket we're going to explore let's let's explore some um you know fiber is a big category mm -hmm. yeah uh, before we jump into uh, your world of more denim, I'm excited to get there. Uh, you recently moved to Nashville. So how has creating a new home impacted your creativity? And well, have you found inspiration there too? Gir girls. <laughs> so I am the type of person that I plan things out. You know, I'm like, oh, I got to move. You know, that'll be, yes. So first I moved to to from Southern California to San Diego. Cause I was like, okay, before you do a big move, see if that's, you know, really what you want to do. And I was like, okay. So I was in San Diego. Part of it was COVID, the end of COVID. But I was like, okay, that's not that bad. Moving across country. And you're a, a creative person. It's a different brand. <laughs> and you work a full-time job. <laughs> and you have bookings at conferences. And you have to store stuff. It has taken me a minute, um, six months. Um, it, it, it really put a, stop, a halt on creativity because I was just like, my stuff is in bed. Like, it was a lot. It, it, it has been a lot. Um, creativity. Um, I'm coming out of it and I'm being forced to come out of it because I need to you know, have some new bodies of work and, but it's hard because you, you change your rhythm, you know, the way the rhythm flowed and the way your room was and how your studio was. And I'm just, and so if, when you first move, you just throw everything in. Like, I'm just like, put it anywhere. Just, you know, just get, get it out of the boxes, get it out of the bins. And so now I'm starting to come into like, okay, even my serger, I have a new serger. I haven't even touched it. Cause I was like, let me just use this old one. Cause I already know it familiar because <laughs> everything else is new. And so I'm still using my old serger. Haven't touched my new serger. Haven't touched my industrial sewing machine. Cause I can't find a guy that or girl to come and set it up for me. <laughs> so 
it, it's, it's taken a minute. Um, but I do see the, the light at the end of the tunnel. I would tell anybody, if you're going to move and relocate, think about a year. It's going to take you a year to get back into that groove. Um, I haven't touched denim this whole year. Wow. At all. Um, first of all, because you have to be in a headspace, you know, like, like, and when you start touching denim, it's crazy for me because you got your deconstruction. First, you got your denim, then you got to wash it all. Then you got your deconstruction, even though it's already been washed. I wash it again when I get ready to use it. You got your deconstruction. That takes time. You've got your piles that you deconstructed into. Then you break down that deconstruction piles because you have piles of, you know, uh, waistline or waistbands. You have piles of zipper pallets. You have piles of uh, pockets. You have piles of legs. You know, then you, so you, it's a whole like probably three months process before you even start the construction or cutting. Wow. Yeah. And then you're like, cool. I'll see you next year then. <laughs> bye, bye, bye. No, I, plan, I, I do. I'm really striving for the second um, half of this year, getting two projects out um, that are really, really important to me. Um, but then I hand quilt my denim. You guys know that. And yeah. so yeah. that's a whole nother. And, and so, yeah, I would love, I mean, my goal is to have two projects completed by the end of this year, um, hand quilted. Um, so yeah, let's keep our fingers crossed. <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome. So how do you balance that? Did you move for a job or is your job just virtual? Yeah, my job's virtual. Cool. Yeah. And how do you balance all of that typically? I mean, outside that of is the problem. <laughs> that is the girl, if you can give me some help. I have no, no, no. For I'm, I'm in therapy currently because I'm burnt out. So we have a podcast, but it's actually just my question. Yeah. Okay. So this is, that's the thing. So first of all, I'm actually on the verge of starting once a week support group of creative people and not necessarily creative in the same genre of creative people to help support us, meaning um, issues that may come up. You know, I'm having problems with um, posting or I'm having problems with finding good help to um, I've got a new pattern out or I'm finding, you know, problems with where do I teach at locations. And, and this is across the world. I don't care where they live, but just having that support, because being a creative person, you tend to be in your own world, in your own cocoon, and you only talk to the people that you have friends with. I mean, I do have a big group of friends that I can call up at the drop of a hat. And then we'll be like, girl, what are you doing? Yeah. But having that constant to, first of all, help with resources or thinking about things is one thing um, that I think would really help me. So if the group is all about me, you know, I'm really, yeah, it's all about me. But um, I think we could all help each other. Um, the other thing is um, reaching out and knowing that you don't have to do it all on your own. Um, I have, and I'm in communication and negotiation with some, some people that are creative that can help me with my posting. Um, up till now I've done it all myself and I'm burnt out. It's exhausting. I cannot come up with not one more theme. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how joyous I am about making one more, you know, it's like, it's a skirt. I made it. Right. That's it. It's hard to do document the process too. Yeah. If you're working all day and you probably sew in the evening, that's a pressure that I feel like. I mean, I'm not working a different job, but I am raising children all day. 
Yeah. So I don't get to make a mess with my stuff until the evening. And those photos do not look cute on Instagram. No, they don't. So, okay. So, um, so I would advise you to wake up early before your kids do right at sunrise and you have an hour. Yeah. We were just talking about this yesterday. Literally, it's like, I think I need to do this. Uh-huh. Early. Yes, you have one hour. You, I mean, you literally have one hour, but it's fine because you're going to prep the night before when they're in bed. Yeah. You're going to prep it all, have it all laid out so that when that one hour comes, you just shoot, 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 shoot. That's a good idea. Prep, like just prep your set, essentially, like yeah. like you're doing it right that second, but you're really not. Right. And you have one hour. You got one hour. And so, and so like I roll out of bed, um, literally, and <laughs> I'm like, brush my teeth. And then I'm just like, I got one hour. And then uh, timers. Um, I, I don't know about you, but I'm not good at transitioning. So timers help me transition. I um I just this morning I did a Peloton um uh leg workout and I didn't realize um I guess I realized but I just pretend like I didn't realize, but now I know you can schedule classes. They have classes that are live classes. And I was like, okay, so the other day I was like, oh, I'm gonna I wanna do that class, oh, I'm gonna do that class, I'm gonna do that class. Times where I knew I wouldn't be busy. And then what happened is this morning, half an hour before, when I was waking up trying to figure out what, you know, I actually cleaned out a closet before this. I was like, you know what? This is a closet needs to be cleaned out because I'm getting ready for work. I travel also once a month and I'm getting ready to go travel. And I was like, oh, let me get my suitcase out, which has all of my work. So I'm that person. All of my work things that I need to travel that I don't use, I keep them in the suitcase. So I have like a work uniform that I wear that I'm like, I'm only going to wear this skirt at, for work. That's actually, that's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, they talk about um, uh, the smartest, uh, not the smartest, but the smartest, most people that get a lot done have a uniform. Steve Jobs. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what I did. I have a uniform for work. Um, it's like two skirts that I wear, because usually the conference is not more than four days. So you just kind of rotate right. those skirts. We have shirts that have our logo, the company logo on them. That's in there. I have a pair of tennis shoes that I only wear at the conference. They're black. Such a great you idea. Know, I just like, this You're is already what... packed in too. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, and I have a jacket because it's kind of cold. We have a, so the jacket's already in there. I have a rain coat, just in ca- a rain uh, thing just in there. So anyway, so as that's what I do. So the, class came up and it was like time to take your class starts in 30 minutes and I was like oh you know what that's okay and so it came on my phone so I put my clothes on took that 30 minute class so for me that's what keeps me on I'll even schedule the other day I said Siri remind me when I get to Joanne's fabrics to buy two zippers one blue one green one color so that's what that I use those are the tricks that I use is scheduling things so that then I know I can what I can get done. And I don't feel defeated at the end of the day when I'm like, look at there's, I mean, if you guys saw my studio right now, I'm like, damn. It's blurred. It's blurred. <laughs> For those of you listening. <laughs> I've got like projects, this one project here. Um, so like I have a project that's curves. Um, it's, um, what is the pattern? Oh God. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's all these curves that are together. And Basically, it's like a New York star. That, uh, that's what it is. Um, anyway, so you have to pin, 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 pin mm-hmm. to get that nice curve, right? So that's the project that I take. And I think it's only like a, I don't know, 
six inch block. So it's kind of small. So at night when I'm watching TV for an hour or hour and a half till I fall asleep, usually <laughs> I pin no, you fall asleep. Pin one, two, three, four, five of them last night. That's six. Fast. You know, I pinned six of them. Yeah. So, but so if I look at it as small increments, especially when you have children, don't look at, I don't have two hours or I don't have an hour. Look at, I have 15 minutes. I have 15 minutes, four times. That's one hour. Mm-hmm. I, I think people don't realize how much you really can get done sewing in those 15 or 20 minutes. It, you can get so much done, you know, throughout the day. Yeah. Yeah. That was my next question is walk us through your day. So do you also then time, uh, do timer for creating, I guess the, the 15 Absolutely. minutes at night. Yeah. We'll call it standard creating time. Standard no. creating. So, um, so yeah. So what I'll do is, so like right now the photographer's coming, I'm going to have a photographer for a week, right. Um, to shoot photos. Um, not the whole time for a week. Um, she actually works a regular day in the daytime. So I'm only going to have her, you know, two hours before sunset. And so I had all these projects I needed to finish because this is going to be for the next year. These, the shoots, usually I shoot once a year with a professional. And so um, I had all these projects to finish. So I'm like, oh my gosh. So I cut out for one week, all these projects, cut, 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 cut. And then my goal was like each day, I kind of mapped out how many projects I could finish. Well, you always over, you know, you're always overzealous. There's so many projects. But then and when you get in the nit, nitty gritty, it's like, okay, what can I finish? And I start with threads that are the same. So either I use black threads or white thread. Okay. Awesome. So everything I can sew with white thread got sewn or black thread, I got sewed first. Until you get to a project, which I got to one project. This and I was like, I didn't cut out all the pieces. Where's the casing? <laughs> so the the one of them's a jumpsuit, and then the same pattern. It's a dress, and I was like, I. So, but I was done with all the dark, you know, the blues that I could do. So I switched to white, and then I said, okay, I'll switch back once I'm done with all the white that I can do. Yeah. So you, and then the hand stitching I do at night. So I sew, sew, sew after work, and then hand stitching is the TV time. Awesome. Then I'll be, you know, after we, once we shoot, then, um, and I did some process, but when she's here, we can do some other process shots for other projects. And then you go into, um, quilting because a lot of it, you know, some of the blocks, a lot of this is clothing. Um, I'm really into my wearable arts. Like I said, I've got some crazy stuff. I got some African fabric prints also, um, so yeah, we're going to do some a lot of lifestyle. Awesome. And I'm starting a new um a new uh uh social media brand and it's called oh, shoot, I forgot the name of it. <laughs> we'll share it in the show. We'll notes. share it in the notes. <laughs> we'll get yeah. it from you. <laughs> so you know how there's a group of they're called Silver Foxes. There's these uh-huh. black Oh okay, yeah. So the women's version. Ooh. Because okay, so I was like, figures. wait, because so I looked up what's the opposite of silver foxes and it's called something. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I just so I, I actually have the um I actually have the Instagram page already because I was like, let me see. And it oh, wasn't exciting. Yet. So yeah, so I'll I'll definitely give you guys information. Yes. So there's no post on it yet, because that's what we're doing. We're gonna do lifestyle and I'm gonna invite other women. Um, you have to be silver, you have to be you know of a certain age. Um and so we're just going to do lifestyle. And I'm like, if they That's can do amazing. it, if the guys can do it, 
I know. And I love that the society is switching towards older women. Like you can feel like the shift of like embracing age. It's really cool. And being healthy. Like my whole thing. Yeah. And healthy doesn't have to be thin. Like, I I mean, doesn't, you don't have to be this popsicle Mm -hmm. person, you know, twiggy, Mm -hmm. like, no, you you know, embracing what a woman, a a mature woman's body looks like. Um, Yes, I can be the healthiest I can be within certain perimeters. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So let's talk about favorite tools. And we know you love to work with denim. How do you deconstruct that? Okay, favorite tools. I actually have some new favorite tools, which I am so excited about. These, um, the company, oh, shoot, Taylor, Taylor. Serville, S-E-R-B-I-L-L-E. Oh, yeah, yeah. it's a Serville. Okay, yeah. so very new. Very, so they, I taught a class and they sent me some of their products. O-M-G. The best. So actually, I found out about them originally. So this is how it works in my life. Students. If it wasn't for students, I would probably be still cutting with scissors. My students are always the ones that are like, look, we bought this. Look, we bought that. And I'm always like, oh, does it work? And they're like, yeah, no. Or yeah, I like it. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, I don't like a lot of things. Like literally I have a tray. I I use the same two rulers. Um, I use the same that, you know, I'm just one of those people like that. And multiple multiple uses is what I love. So Taylor, Seville, um, they have these pins. So a student, I was actually in San Diego at the San Diego Modern Quilt Guild teaching my bomber jacket class. And a student came out with the pins, these pins, mm-hmm. the best pins ever. So I'm a snob on certain things, scissors, pins, um, that type of thing, you know, because that can, it, oh, those those pins that are hard, that are bad and they don't go, oh. One so what I love about ball. these is, <laughs> Yeah. So what I love about these is they're heat resistant because God knows I'm going to iron with them. They're flat. They're like a little round. The, the top. Oh, here. Uh, there. <laughs> okay. Yes. yes. Uh-huh. Okay. They, they come in these little cases. Love that because I'm anal because here's the long. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. These are, I don't know. They're all color coordinated. These are the something, something ones. Okay. And then there's, there's one more size, which, oh, Okay, so these must be the blue. There's blue and then an aqua green and then a pink and then or fuchsia and there's another color. Anyway, I love them. These are the best pins. I would tell people, buy them, buy them, buy them. I have, they are the best. They are and they so have, good. So I love those pins, first of all. Second of all, I don't know about you guys, but rippers. You probably don't rip, but I rip a lot. <laughs> I, if if you don't, then you're lying. <laughs> exactly. You're fooling yourself. Um, Joanne's fabric is starting to carry them. So I have seen them more and more time. Oh, so the yellow is the applique. Okay. So that's one thing that I love, 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 love. Um, extremely love. The extra long are good with your quilting because it you can put it through the batting. Oh, I'm looking here. They even have flat heads. Why should ask her for the flat heads? I have the flat heads and I have sewn through the flat part of it before. 
it didn't break my needle because they're like kind of a softer plastic. Yes, yes. Um, okay, but I did so have to figure out how to unpick it. <laughs> yeah. And that was a nightmare. <laughs> have you tried the fork pin? No. Okay, so it's it so cool. You, you know how you you well, I press my seams open. Um, so it's for you when you press your seams open, if you're gonna meet those two seams. Um, I may have to talk to them and ask them about those black pens. Okay, so that's number one. Then have you seen their ripper? It's a double, it has two two different sizes. What? Dub dual sided. It's like a box cutter, how you like, like can slide it. Slide it open. But wait, what's even better, you guys? See the rubber here? So it doesn't roll off your table. <laughs> Genius. Brilliant. My well, seam ripper is always on the floor. It is by my feet usually. <laughs> so, and and I love it because, like I said, here's the larger side, but then here's you know when sometimes I, with denim, I will I will shorten my stitch mm -hmm. for denim so that it's stronger. And so you got this shortened stitch. Well, you got this tiny, tiny. Oh, I love it. Love this. Love this. Love this. Love this. So that that's my favorite. Oh, oh, this is the magic chalk liner. <gasps> This is the bomb. Okay. I have, one, so, I have one of those. I don't have one yet. Oh, yeah. It's worth it. <laughs> I just used it yesterday. So, you guys, you know I'm legit. Like, I'm not. Uh -huh. It's so great. So, and it's so, like, th that uh -huh. little. So yeah. fun. And it's okay. like little teeth on it and it like rolls and it just comes right out and it's chalky. And I used it for quilting on my domestic just yesterday. And I was surprised at how well the chalk stayed on, even as I was moving it. I didn't have to line it a lot. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. So see you, you guys. Yeah. Okay. So then the other thing that I didn't, didn't work that well, but maybe. So I got their threader. And I don't even know where it is. It's called uh, Thread Easy. So some people, I think, would probably use it better than I was able to. It's really bulky. And my problem was, where do you... They're big and bulky. Um, so here it is. See how big it is? Yeah, it's like a rotary cutter size. Yeah. Yeah, the big rotary cutter size. Yeah. And the needle is here. Whoops. Right. And you spoke and so so it was kind of and maybe it's I don't know. Um <laughs> like a magnifying glass on a needle. <laughs> yeah. 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 So um long story short, that's what I love. Those are my go-to. Um and you know, I got my I oh you guys have this. So you know, so so steady, you know, the, the table, the extension table. Oh yes, yeah, yes, yes. yeah. Okay. So I was I was at Paducah, um, and it was very interesting. Different people than I was used to, you know, because West Coast, yeah. Middle Kansas, whatever we call ourselves. Oh, West Coast girls. Yep. Um, <laughs> but um, so I needed a new table, and I bought one. And while I was there, the lady was had this mat thing, this green mat thing, on the table, and I don't know what it's called. It's like, it's oh, grid glider. What? Jane game changer. Grid game glider. Hey. Girls. And and I, when I say game changer, I'm talking, it's a game changer for me, like when rotary cutters came out. Okay. So shout outs. Can you guys see that? 
Yeah. So then you can essentially just like sew and cut on the same. Oh, it has a. Okay. So if you guys are used to like a free motion, like set up on your domestic machine, it's like that kind of sticky thing that goes over your table. But then instead of it just being white or clear, it's like a green grid and there's a 45, 30, 60 Mm -hmm. markings and like all of the inch increments. Yeah. And a lot quarter inch. Wow. Literally a world of difference. Let me just tell you. And I would tell anybody. Yes. 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 Well, and we'll link all of this in our show notes so people can come check it out and and message you. That's why you got to do the second walk through the exhibit hall and the Uh vendor hall as well. And then purchase it the second time. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, no. And you know, the thing is, I think it's hard for vendors. I mean, I've helped um, people with companies. It's hard to know where people are at. Everybody's at a different point in their career Mm -hmm. or in their, you know, craftsmanship and so sometimes you're, and sometimes you're trying to tell people, Hey, you really need this. And they're like, no, no, you know, cause I've been that, I've been yeah. that person. Like, no, you, you don't know me. <laughs> okay. So switching gears, have you faced any obstacles or setbacks uh, in your artistic career and how have you overcome them? Yes. And I don't know if I have overcome them. Um, setbacks. Uh, yes. Um, Children, marriages, divorces, financial, jobs, all of those. Those are all, um, and there's times in my life where um, I've been in high demand. People are like, oh, we want you, we want you. And there's other times where I'm like, and kind of like right now, I'm like, okay, so who am I and who do I want to be? And how do I want to show up for the next year, five years? I think that's where sometimes, um, taking the time to assess is the way they talk about when one door closes, another door opens. Um, yeah, I, I'd like to move into, um, and I'm moving into that direction of doing more um, work with museums and um, doing art shows and things like that, moving into that part of my artistry, um, statement pieces, Again, pushing the envelope, always trying. My, my whole thing is I definitely figured out that I'm an innovator. I'm, I'm that person that's like, that's never been done. How can we do that? What does that look like? And so again, I'm like, how, how can I push the envelope? Knowing that not everybody's gonna come along. I think it was in college, there was a class I had, a marketing class and it talked about innovators are the people, like for me, when the um, Tesla first came out and it was in, um, your malls, I don't know if it's in the malls of yours, but they were in the malls where I was living. And I was like, oh, there's a car, what, what? And they were talking about the Tesla and I was like, oh. And they showed how like after 20 years or 10 years, what gas prices are and what, and I was like, sold, I get it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's gonna save me money in the long run. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and, and that was me and everybody else is like, I don't know about this electric thing. <laughs> <laughs> What about when I drive in the snow? Yeah. <laughs> I can only go so hot. What if they don't put the stations up? And what yeah. we... But I know that I'm an innovator. I know that I'm that one, that person. And feeling comfortable in that, that area and having select people that you tell your ideas to, I think is very important. 
Mm-hmm. Don't tell your ideas to the person that's afraid of the edge. Yes. Because <laughs> I can't yes. tell you how the edge, when you fall off, when you fall off, not if, right. when you fall off, to have a smaller group of people that you're like, you know, I'm thinking about doing this. And when you say you're thinking about it, it doesn't mean you're definitely doing it. I can, can't even count how many times something I've thought about came up, a situation, a process, whatever. I do the research and for whatever reason, I stop and go to something else. And then years later, there's been, I don't know about you guys, but there's been times where somebody's like, hey, do you know about X, Y, Z? And I'm like, and I Google it. I go up on my computer and I find out I have an account. <laughs> yes. I've yeah, been a member since 2017. <laughs> and you're like, oh yeah, I remember that. But that wasn't the right time. Again, back to that time and place and where you're supposed to be. I really try to resonate and I try to, there are times where you're like anxiety ridden and you're like, oh my gosh, they're doing that. I'm, I'm behind. But then I remember, no, I'm in my lane. You're in your lane. And our lanes can are not, it's not that if I do something, you're not going to be able to do something. That's why I feel like if somebody asks me about a process or how I do something, I'm more than happy to tell you every single thing I do and how I do it because you're not me and I'm not you. I don't know why I cry at every interview. <laughs> That's so inspirational. <laughs> and you know what? I mean? Seriously, you can. I can make a cake with the exact same ingredients you do mm-hmm. on the exact same day. You can be next to me, and we are both gonna kill it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Oh, that's so good. I, I'm in an anxiety-ridden season right now, so it's you're very inspirational. Yeah. Oh, I, I get every time I see somebody like something comes out, and even if I didn't want to do it, I'm like, <laughs> right? <laughs> so toboggan. <laughs> so, how do you see the future of textile and quilting evolving? And where do you see yourself and what do you hope that your role is in that? Um, whoops. Um, I, God, I don't, I think I see some really change, big changes in the quilting world um, because you all are letting go of those, those do's and don'ts and can't and won't. And, and, and a, a lot of that do's and don'ts and can't and won'ts were there because of the materials. I tell everybody. In the 70s and the 60s, um, and even some of the 80s, what we were working with, the fabrics, the fabrications, the dyes, the processes were not as stable and not as good for in use as they are today. We had to wash all of our gar- our fabrics before we used them because you didn't know what the fabric was going to do, what the weave was going to do, what the dye was going to do. The government has come in, not just the government, but the manufacturers and the mills have learned how, and the scientists. Now we have a cotton that doesn't wrinkle. Look at science. Right. How do they do that? <laughs> do that. Well, they looked at it and figured out the longer the fibers, you know, the in the in the cotton, then that when it breaks, that's what you get where you get the wrinkle. So they used cotton that was growing longer cells that weren't breaking. So they got rid of those short people 
Kind of like if you only want tall people in your family, only marry tall people. They got rid of those short folks. selection. They selected. <laughs> so, you know, so we have those rules to protect us. Why did we um, press to one side? Because our threads and the stability, and some of those people were hand stitching. So you press to one side because the stitch wasn't strong enough to hold if you opened up your seam. Mm-hmm. Now we have better threads, but I tell everybody, please, 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 your grandmother's and great grandmother's thread is for the shelf. Don't use it. <laughs> it's a fiber. It, if it doesn't look like it's dry rotted, it, can you imagine your hair, 90, 80, 70, 60 year old hair? If you just like from your 60 year old hair. Just keep letting it grow out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, those, those threads, even though, you know, you don't want to waste them, let them go. Mm-hmm. Let uh, go. Okay. So finally, do you have any advice for aspiring textile artists, quilters, and anybody specifically interested in dem- denim? So my advice is to um, stay off the internet. Really don't so look good. at what other people are doing. Wake up every day when I first, for me, and I do, I don't really look at what people, I don't really follow what other people are doing. I figure out what I, what resonates with me, figure out what resonates with you. Hone your craft though. Like I said, I started in seventh grade. I've been sewing since seventh grade. I, you know, went to college. I've taken classes from masters that, that knew that at skill levels that were better than mine Um, and just doing it. I guarantee you, and I told, I've had four kids and three of them were college athletes. And I told them when they were growing up, if you go out in your backyard, because, you know, everybody needs a trainer. I'm like, no, you don't need no trainer. You're 10. You're You're 15. You're not going to get a trainer. But if you go out in your backyard, you sit in your sewing machine and you sew for one hour every day for a year, you're going to be better skilled than when you started. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's Mic so drop. Mic drop, right? <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. Well, we've shaken so much of your time, and we're so grateful that you popped on here with us today. Um, we'll be linking all of Sandra's information, her must-have tool list in our show notes. And Sandra, is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners? I just say, let's get creative. Get to make it. Get to make it. it. Dude. That was so beautiful. It was so good. Um seeing her in her sewing room was so fun. Yeah. Like she had it blurred at first, but then at the end of it. Yeah. Like we got our sewing demonstration. Sewing (laughs) demonstration. Yeah. It was really cool. Um so everything that she uh, mentioned we will pack full our show notes of everything that she talked about yeah um, share this share this episode if it resonated with you i think feedback that we've had is that we i mean we intend to cater to the younger generation of quilters but sandra is a mature woman and she has grown children and she is doing the life in a different way that we are and we do hope to introduce our listeners to more people in a variety of ages Absolutely. and experiences. Yeah, because she's been sewing since 
the I mean, I was born in 84. So that's when she started. And for her to talk about cor- corduroy and remembering when the rotary blade came out, like that will resonate to a lot of our listeners as well. Sure. Hopefully. So, so yeah, share that, share this episode if you enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, quick reminder, we have uh, merch still on, mm-hmm. still June, still Pride Month. Yep. Get your merch shirts. I wore mine to Pride. <laughs> yeah, you guys didn't see. <laughs> we'll pop that photo up. Yep, um, we are donating hundred um, percent of the profit of our Pride shirts mm-hmm. to the Trevor Project, and then we are also matching that from yeah. the Grateful Thread. So, uh, make sure to get those shirts before June thirtieth. Yeah. And we did. We dropped that price down just a little bit to make it even more affordable for you guys. Um, so. We, we hope you guys grab those mm-hmm. and stack those up. Yep. Because I think we'll be taking them off the website after June. So Yes. Yep. We'll so be gone. They'll go back into the vault. <laughs> For a little bit. But yeah. 100% of the profit on those. Mm-hmm. And doubled. Yeah. Um, all right. And we will also be sharing where you can find us and Sandra mm-hmm. in the show notes. I'm Ashlyn at Urban Dwell Studio. I'm Lacey with Messy Quilts. And Sandra is at Sandra Lee Design. Design. Yeah. Also... One more thing, if you have like a show hole every other Monday and you're waiting for these episodes to come out, did you know that we go live on Instagram on our off Mondays? Off Mondays. And we talk about randoms. Yeah. Like, it's not really quilting related. We don't even actually know what we're going to talk about. We talked about camping last time, uh-huh. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So join us on live yep. every on our off Mondays yep. on Instagram. Catch us every Monday. Every Monday. (laughs) (laughs) Choose your involvement. (laughs) The Grateful Thread Podcast is created, hosted, and produced by Ashlyn Downs and Lacey Messerly. Our sound engineer is Nicholas Downs. Don't forget that we need your help in reaching our goal of 100 five-star ratings and would so appreciate if you could donate 10 seconds of your time to just click those five stars and leave a comment just telling us where you're listening from. Um, And if you didn't like it, you're welcome to buy a microphone, listen closely, create, produce, and market your very own podcast where you talk about how terrible our podcast is. <laughs> Be sure to tag us when you post those. At and, the Grateful Thread Podcast. And share our, yeah, share our deets and tell us how much you hate us. They just give everybody a podcast microphone these days. So <laughs> yep. Have at it. Bye, Bye Threadheads. And leave a comment saying that where, where you're listening from. Uh, 